Hello, and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate relationships. We are your hosts today. I am Jillian Landis. And I'm Marie Wallace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Braveheart Conversations. Today, I am here with Marie Wallace, and we are going to be talking about criticism and how to navigate through that process lovingly. Hello, everyone. Um, It's an interesting topic. It's come up a couple of times this week, actually, where uh, people have experienced a loved one just coming at them with some pretty heated dialogue, right? Um, An example is, um, well, we can have lots of examples. One is during the workday where someone's criticizing you for not being, um, pulling your weight or someone's feeling that their family member just doesn't understand them and starts barraging them with anger and... Um, your first step is wanting to punch them or, <laughs> or, or get in the corner and just start boxing your way out. And have you experienced that same thing? Totally. Um, yeah, I, I think both can be responses. It's that whole fight, flight, or freeze yes. definitely applies here when we feel threatened, um, which often conflict, you know, conflict or... Um, attacking or criticism it feels unsafe it feels like a threat so um i think that there is a very like um basic reaction that is like it just sort short circuits our logic it's just a real guttural (laughs) reaction but it gives us a lot to think about um and and what what we can do to practice being more self-governing and being more curious about why did this happen why did it trigger me so badly Um, or what what's their underlying cause I think that's the other part too is why are they triggered to mm -hmm. come at me in a or whomever we're talking about Mm -hmm. I'm going to use myself as an example if someone's heated like that why are they coming at me with that anger um, that doesn't usually happen to me in my world, but I, I know others experience that. But there's an underlying need there. There's something that they want that they're not directly asking for. They're just feeling hurt or upset, and, and maybe they don't know. And maybe that's really where the Braveheart conversation comes in is take a moment to breathe first. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important part and then put myself in their shoes what is it do I think that they want and and I'm not going to pretend that I know what they want so it would be a good time for questions and you and I have experienced taking that moment of okay so what do you think the underlying mm-hmm. what what do you think is going on here for you or is there something more that you're feeling besides the anger and if they're still kind of coming at you with that, it's just finding ways to diffuse that. I don't know what you would do in that situation. Yeah, there's two different resources that really come to mind in these types of situations. And one is Marshall Rosenberg's um, Nonviolent Communication. Oh, yes, for sure. 
Um, and he talks about, um, he has an inventory of feelings and needs, and this can work both for myself and, you know, when I'm interacting with other people, you know, trying to identify what their feelings and needs might be. Um, so really just coming at the situation with questions like, what are you feeling right now? Or right. are you feeling frustrated? Or are you feeling lonely? Or are you feeling trapped? Or are you, you know, whatever, what's the feeling that the other person is sure. having? Um, and that would be a great indicator then of what the need is. Um, not that I can just assume that right. I know what they're um, feeling or need is, but it's a way for me to start asking produ productive questions about what they might be feeling or needing and get into the root of the problem. Exactly. And then also for me, I can do the same thing about my triggers. How am I feeling and what is the need that's been maybe violated or, you know, mm -hmm. I I'm feeling a lack of um, that has created this huge trigger in me. Um, and then the other resource I think of is um, the four agreements. Always, yeah. I it's not about me. At, yeah, it's not about me. It's it's really not personal. Right. And I know some people kind of laugh because that's become a little cliche. It's not about not about me, but yeah. um, but it really is the truth that that person's reaction is way more about what's going on in them than it ever is to do with what's going on with me. And so if I can look at it that way, then I can be a lot more objective and um, not go to that lizard brain of like, <laughs> I need to defend myself. I need to punch this person. <laughs> yeah. Just stop talking. Yeah. And so I, I know for myself, I definitely go to defense mode really mm -hmm. easily. And it's hard to limit that. Um, but, you know, self-awareness -aware is really helpful. Well, and also um, going back to what you said on the original one, what is my, what, why, the part that is my business is why it triggered me. Because yeah. usually there's something underneath there that I need to look at. It, and usually it's a surprise if I am feeling triggered and, and being in defense mode, I have to stop a minute and go, why, why is that triggering me? So it's both and. It is something in them but if it's triggering me mm -hmm. I, it's something else i need to look at so that like you said the self-awareness is very important in that case as well yeah it's an opportunity to understand yeah mm -hmm. what need did that rub up against mm -hmm. um that's creating this kind of um, issue because often we feel triggered when a need of ours is threatened mm -hmm. so um, or not is, met. <laughs> this is kind of a silly example, but I was sharing earlier that um, I have a mouse problem right now. And so the feelings that came up for me uh, was fear that um, I, I feel like these mice are going to come eat all my food. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like this threat. So just observing the, the feelings and emotions that come up and, and the need that's underneath that without judgment safety. going that's interesting right <laughs> that's an interesting right. and then you know once you can identify it and go aha then it's much easier to just let it go and let you know let it not be a thing or address the the problem as best you can get rid of the mice right <laughs> <laughs> then i won't have that fear <laughs> but um you know um we get the opportunity to either be ruled by these triggers right. or to gain the self-awareness and then respond to them in a 
um, productive way. Right. And instead of reacting, it's being proactive in the future, too. That, that's helpful. Um, the situation that came up for me was coaching someone who was having difficulty with a family member not spending enough time with them. And I think I, I get that and I understand that. But our first thoughts are, well, you know, I'm hurt and I'm upset about this. And if I approach it in the way, well, first of all, that's almost, um, I want to say victim mentality, but not quite. It, it, it is expressing that need mm -hmm. or, or that feeling, not the need. It's expressing the feeling, which is valid and healthy. But to dwell on that, that, um, that hurt doesn't get any action towards the problem and so that person is the only thing that the other person's going to feel when when that attack happens or let's say that they're saying how they feel that's valid but to dwell on it and not go you know what i'm really hurt that i don't get to spend more time with you maybe spending more time on that what is my need why do i feel that need to to to, to dwell on the pain or the hurt mm -hmm. versus getting some action towards it. Yeah, I think a lot of times what I hear in people's conflict is uh, blame. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might start with one person saying, you know, our relationship would be better if you would just spend more time with me. <laughs> if you would just. <laughs> right? And then mm -hmm. that's going to be triggering, right, to the mm -hmm. other person. What do you mean? It's my, you know, my fault. You know, it's, it's already starting as an explosive attack mm -hmm. at the beginning you know if you would then mm -hmm. and we often will set up these scenarios if you would then right i would be happy in some version or another <laughs> and it's so, always like that yeah so really being aware of um a when i and maybe tempted to do that. If you would just do blah, 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 then my life would be better. I get to own that and go, <laughs> okay, you're, oh, you're falling into this bullshit because it's easier than mm -hmm. taking responsibility for something that I could change, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then it also happens on the flip side. What do you do when somebody else is feeling that blame at you and you know that I'm not responsible for your happiness? Exactly. So there's, I mean, there's part of that as well. So if you can, and this is the hard part, when you know somebody's blaming you for something that either you can't control or like the first thing that my my mind jumps to is even if I spent more time with you, that doesn't actually fix the problem exactly. because there's something in you that is unsatisfied, but you're the only one that can fix that. So it's kind of tough. Um, I do think from from this perspective, the best thing I can do is keep my side of the street clean. So I can't really point out to them that they're not going to be happy if I don't, if I spend mm -hmm. more time with them, it's not really going to fix the problem, but I can't really share that. No. Um, in most cases that there's not really an opening to do that. They haven't asked for my opinion or mm -hmm. advice. Um, but I can say, um, what, what can I do to support you through this? What can I do to serve you? Um, if I honor that relationship, I don't have to take the blame. Yeah. I won't take the blame for that person's happiness or for the health of the entire relationship. It also de-escalates things so they can, can have a moment to think about 
maybe what mm -hmm. the underlying thing is. It's so tempting to get into the fight of the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's so tempting to respond with something like, well, what do you mean? I spend time with you. I do blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 right? Right. Um, like <laughs> that is where my mind wants to go is like this. Go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Yes. We're going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. <laughs> but if you can really step around that whole thing and just say, I hear that you're hurt. I, I hear that you're really wanting to spend more time with me or you're wanting to connect with me. Maybe it's not mm -hmm. even a time thing. Maybe maybe it's something that's being identified as a, as a time thing, but maybe it's just I want to connect with you more. Mm -hmm. So if you can really speak to that need and step around all of the blame stuff, mm -hmm. you're really hitting the root of the problem anyway. So exactly. if you... Um, approach the situation with curiosity instead. And lots of love. Lots of love, yeah. Um, don't even engage with the blame piece. But if you just step into it with, you know, um, I'm hearing you really want to connect with me more and I would love to connect with you more. How can we make that happen? Mm -hmm. And that's another beautiful thing is asking that question. How do you propose that we make that mm -hmm. happen? Because a lot of times what goes hand in hand with blame is they're wanting, you know, they throw they this blame expectation. on you and then they're wanting you to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. But if you can address that problem, putting the responsibility still back on them, I want the same thing you want. How can we make that happen? What, Together. Yeah. What do you propose? What do you think would be a good solution? And then it really, they get to um, share the burden of the problem solving because sometimes it is like, well, I, I work from, you know, nine to six o'clock. So, you know, here's the times that I have available. What do you propose? You mm -hmm. know, so it, it's not all about me solving that problem. Exactly. We are solving the problem. Exactly. I love the we solving the problem. Yes. I just, it's... Well, you're both invest. You're both invested in it, and you both want a a good outcome. Especially if it's family, you both want to stay in that relationship. Most often, uh -huh. sometimes, most often, <laughs> there are times when yeah, family is family. Um, but yeah, just being involved in that problem and being able to say see what it looks like from their point of view to see if it's reasonable because right. it could be that it's not reasonable and th that's why I like what you said too these are the times I'm available and this is what I could possibly do to invest in that relationship a little bit more and yeah I it's a good solution. Yeah, I think a lot of times the answer is, well, I work full time and, you know, I'm spending as much time with you as possible and I don't know what you expect me to do. These are common mm -hmm. um, comebacks. But if, if it can be a shared problem, like... Um, so I work, here are my, here are my hours. I work nine to six and then, you know, we have whatever family activities or whatever it's going on. Like, um, so, so here's the situation. I'd love to connect with you more. What, what do you think with, mm -hmm. so it's a totally different feel. Um, Definitely. Um, well, it's also giving you an opportunity to see things from their perspective mm -hmm. because you've slowed that down. You've really slowed it down frame by frame what's happening so you can see from their perspective too mm -hmm. and then it kind of find a way to meet in the middle. Right. And I think um, there, there's two different types of 
of conflict that I think would be helpful to address. So one is where you have a relationship that you value. That's mm -hmm. maybe a long-term relationship. It's a loved one. It's a family member. Um, but I think that there are other types of criticism. Like there are types of criticism that I may not want to address at all. Um, and I'm thinking mainly... Or be of, engaged in at all. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's not productive for me at all. One might be... Um, you know, for any of our small business owners out there, people who are engaged online in any kind of a way, mm -hmm. um, criticism, as most of us know, is just thrown around like, you know, it's, it's just an easy thing to get caught up in. Um, and it can be such a trap, especially for those of us who do fall into that lizard mm -hmm. brain where we just get into attack mode or defense mode. Um, we just get triggered and we fall prey to that. So... Um, I think that it's a great opportunity to practice awareness. Um, and for me, I've found disengaging and not, mm -hmm. you know, deleting the comment <laughs> or just leaving it and not responding or having a very simple um, response back is more helpful. Agreed. Um, rather than actually... Don't engage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you had a lot of experience with that? I have had a little bit of experience with that. And I think what you said is perfect. And what I do is either not engage if I don't feel... I'll take a look at it to see if it's valid. Mm -hmm. I mean, is this a valid thing? And if I find that it's just someone throwing it around or doing an attack that's not validated, then it's not worth my time or energy. I have so many things that I love and I want to do. It's not worth my time or energy to even address it because it's, like you said, it may not even get fixed or what, you know, meeting in the middle is not going to solve that particular person's um, reason for being upset, mm -hmm. right? Um, so how about you? I've had it online a few times and it's like, oh my gosh, and I've had to delete. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a work in progress for me because it always feels so personal. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> just uh, recently, I had posted some boundaries um, about relationships on Facebook. I've kind of grown in my um, just the contacts that I have on Facebook. And so some of these new friends, even though I've tried to screen them, you know, this, there's a few that slip through that are kind of obnoxious. And, mm -hmm. um, so I've really had a few issues with guys, you know, commenting or, um, sending me private messages that are inappropriate mm -hmm. and females, especially, uh, sending me messages that are just soliciting business that are, are just kind of mm -hmm. obnoxious and rude. Um, so I put out a boundaries post to say, Hey, you know, here's what's up. Um, this is what is and isn't acceptable on, on my Facebook profile. Um, it's fine if people want to engage with others that that is okay, but mm -hmm. to me it's not. Um, and I had someone that commented, um, <laughs> just kind of funny, like, you know, your pictures are photoshopped and this post is just an Aww. advertisement for you being a mediator because mediators set boundaries and, oh man, I so wanted to jump in there and, <laughs> and defend. I so wanted to be like, you know, um, mediators don't set boundaries. That's not, you know, I wanted mm -hmm. to just jump into every point that he had, had made and um, 
had to sit with it for a minute and just mm-hmm. like feel the discomfort and um it took a lot in me to just just delete it and just to block the person instead yeah. of um instead of engaging instead of defending because you know the thought is well what if somebody sees that and they think that might be the case and you know all the self talk that goes back to on. the it's none of my business yeah. <laughs> um and and it's really crazy making anyway mm-hmm. like that stuff is not at all um real mm-hmm. uh it's the stories in my head um so <laughs> The reality is I have friends that know who I am and are quick to defend me anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, it, it was a good lesson for me, but those I know will pop up more and more. Um, if, if you put yourself out there and you do any any Anything. kind of vulnerable work, mm-hmm. like you, you will have some attacks. And like we've talked about before, if you set boundaries, <laughs> you will have some pushback. Mm-hmm. It's really not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It is. I had, um, last year I had someone solicit me, I'm glad you brought up business, solicit me for business. They, I friended them and like right away they were trying to sell me something. Mm-hmm. And all I said was, um, I, I don't feel that I know you very well yet to engage I, something like that. It's been a year, so yeah. forgive me on that part. But I think I said, I I don't even know you well enough to engage with, in business with you. And I think I even asked a little bit of, about this person. And um, they came back with a simple no thank you would have sufficed, right? And just like you said, my haunches are up and I'm going, wow, that's very, you want me to do business with you and you're attacking me. And I'm going, well, that's the definite no. I at least threw a, a maybe out there. And so what I came back with that did, did diffuse it was, um, she said, I said, in this case, um, it's very important that you understand the people that you're friending on Facebook. Because I think it was, in this case, it was a matter of not knowing how the other people were receiving them. And so I said, in doing Facebook business or friending people, one thing that's helpful is to build that relationship with them first. And so in this case, it was just building an awareness because I felt like, even though a simple no thank you kind of got me riled up, I I thought, well, it doesn't hurt to just send a little love back and say this is the way I do business. And mm-hmm. I would imagine other women feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And then the, the pushback was, well, thank you for that. And I'll look at, at that in the future. So... I mean, it doesn't always come out that nice, yep. but it was an attempt to say this person just may not understand mm-hmm. how we're receiving that. Mm-hmm. So in that case, sometimes that happens in regular relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are you open to feedback? <laughs> always. <laughs> for, you know, um, yeah, I, I think for me, I have grown more and more in the last um two-ish years to just be really unapologetic of speaking my needs and it pisses some people off sometimes and that that's okay um but especially in the social media arena 
Um, it's just, it's very easy to get criticism and pushback when you do speak your mind mm -hmm. freely. Um, and I don't mean when I say speak your mind freely, I don't mean just airing all of your, your stuff yeah. or, um, you Fearing know, throwing all your opinions out there. I'm not talking about that kind of loose, um, communication. I'm talking about, you know, really speaking your truth and what, my boundaries are what is and isn't okay with me it's a very basic definition of boundaries but I think that that is a fundamental piece of all of our relationships and as we're talking about communication um, it always always starts with having some boundaries some clarity about what you want and what you don't want mm -hmm. super important and then being able to respect each other's boundaries mm -hmm. And that's a big piece of it, too, is sometimes the respect only goes one way. And if you feel that it it's not being reciprocated, that's probably a good indicator that that's not something that you want to invest in. Yeah, I, I think to me today that is... Um is absolutely something I'm not I'm not willing to compromise yeah, on is if if someone has a pattern of disrespecting boundaries it's my responsibility exactly. to follow through with my boundaries um, so that means I get the opportunity to let go of those relationships it's not mm -hmm. a matter of me speaking louder it's nope. not a matter of me clarifying <laughs> over and over because um, if you yell louder it's not going to get fixed no it doesn't because it, it was never a matter of them not understanding in the right, first place exactly. um, I, can, I can guarantee you they, they understood um, and even if they don't you know some people maybe legitimately don't get it yeah. and it's still okay I still still get permission to let go of relationships mm -hmm. even if they don't get it don't understand even if they're family yeah because sometimes we feel that just because they're family they can run all over those mm -hmm. those boundaries so that's you know something else to think about yeah i think sometimes sometimes i have had we give them take, a free pass <laughs> yeah, i've taken breaks from family members um i think in some cases it's healthy to let go of them entirely um and there are ways to have safer relationships i think mm -hmm. we've talked about this before where you know i'll set up kind of a, a spectrum of uh, relationship interactions exactly. and what feels safe you know and it can range all the way from i send a card every once in a while that i don't get anything in return um, all the way up to, you know, face-to-face -face interactions. Exactly. So you get to choose what's safe for you and you get to love people on your terms. And sometimes it's a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yep, and that is okay. It is totally okay. That is most honoring to your own needs, your mm -hmm. own self-care, and the mm -hmm. relationship as a whole. Yeah. Exactly. Well, do you have anything more to say about criticism and what? I think we covered a lot of bases today on We did. We did. How about you? I think that's it for me. We'll go ahead and wrap it up today. Um, if you have any questions or comments about uh, criticism and how to navigate through that, I know criticism is a really big topic. Lots of people are dealing with this constantly and, and conflict. Um, so if you have any personal questions, feel free to email those in. We would be happy to answer those for you over the air or, um, or just in person. Sure. So you can email myself at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. At Marie's Gold. Marie at Marie's Gold.com. 
So we hope you have a great week. We will see you back next week. And we love you all. Have a good one. Bye-bye.